Good morning, Nashville. I'm Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, October 20th. Taylor Lewan made it official on Monday. He tweeted out, quote, I wanted to let everyone know I got an MRI today. I tore my ACL yesterday against Houston. Do not feel sorry for me. I'm going to handle this rehab like a pro and come back better than ever. Thank you, Titans fans, for your support. Hashtag no bad days. Let's not sugarcoat this. Lawan is arguably the most important player on this team outside of maybe who? Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Jeffrey Simmons maybe? He's among the best players in the world at his position. So this is a huge blow to one of the NFL's best offenses. Basically, the Titans offense has been unstoppable. They lost their top receiver, A.J. Brown, for a little bit of time. They were depleted by COVID, and the defense has left them in critical in-game situations almost every week, and the group has responded to all of it. I would guess that the group is going to respond to this too. The question's going to be who and how well. Mike Vrabel at his Monday press conference was asked about possible replacements, Ty Sambrello, Dennis Kelly, and rookie Isaiah Wilson, all of whom could be options to replace Lewan in some form or fashion for the rest of the season. Uh, disappointed, you know, for Taylor. Uh, he works extremely hard. Um, we're confident that he'll, he'll be back. But, you know, that's kind of what we've done. That's all we really know. That's how, how we try to operate is that you know, we'll, we'll get the next guy in there and we'll see what's best for the team and try to move forward with with the next guy in there and we'll go through all the scenarios we'll figure out which ones uh, we think are best for the players and, and best for the team so then ty's played a, a bunch you know in that in that backup role here in the first five games ty's played in this league you know he's played multiple positions he's got versatility you know had the play in there with watt um, early on but it, but i thought he settled down and played well um, like he has in the past when he's come in for for us when he needed to play and then to Isaiah, you know, we'll, we'll, we haven't practiced much, you know, so we've got to get out and practice and, and evaluate where that is this week uh, quickly and, and see where he can help us. Whatever the Titans decide to do, there will be questions. Questions that can only be answered by playing games. What does the running game look like without Taylor Lewan? This one feels like more of a known commodity as Sambrello has been better in the running game and has played a bunch of snaps in key situations, both against Minnesota and Houston. Can they protect Ryan Tannehill's blindside? This is a tougher one and much more of an unknown. Sambrello and Kelly aren't prototypical left tackles that you can just leave on an island for most of a game and expect there to be time to throw. And Wilson is just a walking giant question mark. He's easily the most physically gifted of the bunch, but clearly lacks almost everything else, experience and maturity for starters. Injuries are just a part of the NFL, and so regardless of whatever happens along the offensive line, this collection of dudes is going to have to elevate their game. The goal for this team hasn't changed, and that's to win the Super Bowl. But doing that just got objectively harder without Taylor Lewan. Finally, common sense got on the scoreboard in 2020. According to multiple reports on Monday afternoon, the NFL has concluded its investigation into the Titans' COVID outbreak. Please, God, let this be the last time we talk about this on the show. And the league found that the Titans fully cooperated, that the facilities were in compliance, and that some of the rules were broken. There were incidents of people not wearing masks and insufficient communication regarding players' workouts outside of the facility. The punishment from the league will not include any loss of draft capital or any forfeits, both of which would have been gross overreactions, and no individual personnel will face any specific discipline. There will be a fine of some sort for the team itself, which essentially means nothing to the fans or the players on the field. 
Again, chalk one up for common sense. The Titans did break some rules and should face some punishment for it because clearly they didn't use common sense. But suggesting that it should be anything other than a fine would also be a profound lack of common sense on the NFL's part. Hopefully the Titans can finally put all this behind them and get back to staying undefeated. But if you're keeping score at home, that's 2020-1000 and Common Sense 1. It's a pretty big week for soccer fans in Nashville, and it all gets started on Tuesday night. Coming off arguably the best offensive showing of the year, Nashville SC got some much-needed R&R over the weekend, ahead of two matches in four days at Nissan Stadium. The boys in gold will face FC Dallas for the third time at 7.30 tonight and will face the New England Revolution on Friday evening. And the stakes could not be higher, as the club has just six total matches left in its inaugural season and is staring at a great opportunity to make the MLS Cup. SC has been solid against FC Dallas in its short history, earning its first-ever MLS win back on August 12th in the first meeting and earning a point in a scoreless draw a few days later. Of the six matches that are remaining, four will come at home, a place that Nashville hasn't lost since its debut match as a franchise back on February 29th. More importantly... Gary Smith's roster could be rounding into form at the exact right time. Abu Dunladi is coming off one of his best matches. Hani Mukhtar provided his best effort with a pair of nasty goals. And newly acquired Venezuelan striker Yonder Cadiz made a brief appearance. I, for one, would love to see more minutes from Cadiz if his fitness calls for it, as his pure talent and ability may be unmatched on this roster, and he could be a driving force for more success in the attacking third. Very buoyant are the words that the English coach uses to describe Cadiz. In American, we call that God-given talent. Whatever the lineup looks like, this is the most critical week in Nashville SC history, at least until next week, and the club could begin to cement a slot in the postseason with a positive result on Tuesday night against Dallas. A couple of quick notes here to wrap up. Tennessee head football coach Jeremy Pruitt made a coaching move following his team's disappointing showing against Kentucky over the weekend. Defensive line coach Jimmy Brumbaugh was fired, and Pruitt announced that he'll be taking over the job of being defensive line coach, which I guess means that the University of Tennessee now has a $4 million defensive line coach. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's overreacting. I don't know if it's panicking. Something had to be done, I suppose, so I can't fault him for the move. There certainly will be some recruiting fallout as well. None of this I repeat, none of this is a positive sign for the University of Tennessee football program, however. Additionally, the World Series is getting started on Tuesday night at 7.09 p.m. Yes, 7.09, as the Los Angeles Dodgers host the Tampa Bay Rays. Wait a second. This can't be right. The Rays? Yeah, I guess it's the Rays. That's what it says here. In game one of the fall classic, Tyler Glasnow will be on the mound for Tampa while Clayton Kershaw gets the ball for the Dodgers. It's also worth noting that former Vanderbilt star Walker Bueller is scheduled to get the start in game three for Los Angeles, which would put him in line for a start in game seven if needed. Play ball, boys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, of course, you know the drill. Rate, review, and subscribe. Please share the show. That's how we grow it, and I get to continue producing it for you. So make sure you do that. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, October 20th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.